Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It is wonderful to be back on Search the Scriptures today. Welcome to the program, all who are listening on this particular day. And it's good to be here also with Dwayne Kennedy to study from God's Word. Thank you, Gary, and I also welcome our listeners, and it's good to be here with you and Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Dwayne and Gary. It's certainly my pleasure and a distinct blessing to be on the program with both of you. And uh, as always... We want to do those things which will serve to bring glory to God through the efforts we're putting forth and hopefully allow others to come to a better understanding of what God expects and desires from them as his followers in this world. Amen to that. And we strive very hard, very diligently to try to really get into God's word and dig beneath the surface you know, unfortunately, and we've, we've emphasized this from time to time, that's something of an oddity today, I'm afraid, in a great many churches. Yeah. Really seems to be that way, Gary. It's unfortunate, but um, boy, church after church after church, it seems, has just gotten away from a really heavy emphasis on God's Word. And they do all kinds of other things. Yeah, it's amazing the other things and how much of it it is. There's a lot of other things that they do and a lot of other things that they say. And increasingly, more and more, you see very little emphasis on what God is actually saying. Yeah, not much emphasis on really studying the Bible. Now, sometimes some pretty good shows are put on. Sure. (laughs) But not a great deal of emphasis on really digging into the Word and studying it in a forthright manner. And we try to do that in this program. Yeah, and uh, the adverse of that is unfortunate, Gary, because 
God's Word is what provides us with the instruction we need to live that life which is pleasing in His sight, ultimately resulting in a heavenly home. It certainly is. Now, talking about that, we are coming toward the end of a study that is talking about, that is dealing with a spiritual war that is raging not only all around us, but within us. Now, this is a war that in which everybody is engaged. Mm-hmm. Whether they want to be or not, whether they realize it or not, they're in war. That's right. We emphasize that we're not talking about carnal warfare, where we're looking at live armies drawn up against each other in a battlefield, or airplanes flying over dropping bombs, or some kind of artillery firing from a distance. We're talking about a war that is going on, so to speak, behind the scenes. But it's very real. It's on a spiritual realm or a spiritual plane. And this is a war that is relentless. It does not stop. No. Mm-hmm. The devil is the enemy, and he is, a, he is very focused on his ultimate goal for victory as much as he can achieve that victory, and he will take down with him every soul that he possibly can. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not fantasy. That's real, real. Let's look at some defensive armor that the Apostle Paul describes for us in Ephesians chapter 6. Now, we've looked at many verses. We've talked about them. We've gone back and refreshed people's memory about all of these different verses in God's Word that talk about this warfare from a military perspective, using uh, military terms and, and uh, connotations, fighting the good fight, uh, you know, warring within my soul, you know, and on and on and on. Um, now, it's, it's appropriate that the Apostle Paul lays out what we often refer to as the Christian armor or spiritual armor. And as he does that, he, he says, hey, we're in this fight. Here's some, here's some equipment that you need to put on. Uh, Dwayne, how about beginning to read there in Ephesians chapter 6, and let's read verses 11, and uh, let's go down to about verse 13 to begin with. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, armor, especially from that particular perspective of that day, what is the immediate connotation that comes to mind? You're gonna put on this armor. It's for protection. Protection. Yes. And protection in what kind of a setting? A battle. A battle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. The soldiers would, they would put on armor before they would go into battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in this particular listing, as we're going to read in a few moments, we're going to find both defensive pieces of equipment and offensive pieces of equipment. Right. 
but all of them need to be used and used together in this battle because we are in, in a battle. Now notice again in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against the wiles of the devil. See this, the, again, he's the enemy. Mm-hmm. We're in this war, we're in this conflict. He puts it in a different way, kind of different terminology in verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now there's the idea of conflict again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wrestling. But we you know, wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. And this ought to send chills up and down our spine. That's right. We should not just read over this lightly and, and say, well, that's interesting. This is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Now notice the rulers, the, 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 you know, the, the rulers of the darkness of this age, the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In a couple of programs, a little earlier in this study, Dennis, we talked about uh, that this kind of conflict that is going on behind the scenes all the time, again. Mm-hmm. And yes. we talked about it from, a, from an angelic perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned how um, Daniel had prayed and an angel was sent to answer his prayer. And the angel kind of, I don't know if we could call it an apology, but he explained to himself why it had taken him so long to get there. Yes. To answer, he'd been sent from the presence of God, Mm -hmm. but it took him a while, he was delayed. Why was that delay? Well, he ran into some opposition. Uh, In the book of Daniel, it was characterized as the Prince of Persia, I believe, if I remember correctly. And again, it's something that was going on in the spiritual realm. And uh, as you mentioned, it's constant. But it's just a situation where we're not aware of it because we can't see it. It's actually found in Daniel chapter 10, beginning with verse 10. And Daniel writes, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. In other words, this is pretty profound. He, he dropped to his hands and knees. And he said, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I now have been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Daniel's afraid. Mm -hmm. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, Michael automatically would have connoted in the minds of these Jewish readers, we're talking about angels here. Yes. Michael comes to help this angel who was sent to answer Daniel's prayer in a direct way. And uh, he says, hey, I've been been in battle here, Mm -hmm. is is the understanding we're supposed to get, I believe. Again, this is incredible to contemplate that apparently, you know, there are angels out there and there are things going on that we just don't see because mm-hmm. we can only perceive from a physical perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet the conflicts are real. 
Now, that should not be relegated in our mind to just some incidental happenings back in the Old Testament. Right. I don't think there's any reason for us to understand that those kinds of situations are not still going on today. And certainly, as we've been reading in all of these different passages, we are at war and the devil is our enemy. Now let's come back to Ephesians chapter six. And Dennis, how about picking up there where Dwayne left off and and read verses 14 through 18. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now it's interesting, these different pieces of armor. And I think if we did something of a a historical check, we'd find out that these are very similar to the pieces of armor worn into battle by Roman soldiers. Yes. And that should not surprise us because obviously Rome was the dominant empire of that day and basically controlled most of the known world. Right. And so the, the readers as well as the writer here, the Apostle Paul, would have been very familiar with the appearance of a Roman soldier. In some cases, they probably patrolled the streets of their cities. More than likely. Yes. Now, notice in verse 14, having girded your waist with truth. Truth is key in beating the devil, isn't it? Yes. And in standing firmly in our faithfulness before God. What does Jesus say about truth in John chapter 8 and verse 32? Dwayne? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And of course, what is that truth? The Word of God. John chapter 17 and verse 17, where Jesus prays in the night of his betrayal to God and says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now the truth then will set us free. The devil's going to throw all kinds of lies at us, but he's also going to try to use half-truths, isn't he? Some truth and some error and mix them together and confuse us enough to respond to the error and to not respond properly to the truth. That's where we need to be diligent enough, Gary, to understand that a half-truth is a whole lie. (laughs) (laughs) You say there's no safety in a half-truth then? (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Not at all. And we need to be very careful about deception along that line. That really comes into play. Uh, You know, we've talked about that on a previous program, how it's so easy to justify in our own minds not doing those things that God desires of us or requires of us. Uh, I know you use the illustration of someone who works six days a week. The only day they have off is Sunday. They really want to be dedicated as a Christian, and yet they can easily convince themselves in their own mind, you know, I work hard for those six days. I deserve a break on this seventh day. You know, I've I've just got to sleep in. I've got to take it easy. 
I can't go to church. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the wherewithal to be committed to God right now. Right. Yeah, and we convince ourselves. That's deception. Okay. Now, so your waist girded with truth, wrapped around you. I, I like that image. Then he goes on and says in verse 14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. How about looking at 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7, Dennis? What does that say there? Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. It doesn't beat around the bush, does it? No. Very clear. If you want to be righteous, he says, live righteously. That's right. Practice righteousness. Live by righteous principles. Now, that's interesting when you think about that in perspective of the piece of armor that is being described as righteousness in this, in this verse, verse 14, the breastplate of righteousness. That would be one of the most uh, open and large and vulnerable areas of the body of the soldier going into battle. Mm -hmm. The sword is being wielded. The spear is being thrust. And one of the easiest places to strike is right there in the breast. And he says, you, you wear righteousness right there, the breastplate of righteousness. Mm -hmm. He goes on then in verse 15, and he says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, what does Paul say about the power of the gospel, Duane? He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Power in the gospel, the power to salvation in the message of the gospel. Now he says, you, you wear your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And my understanding of the footgear of the Roman soldier was that they were, they were fashioned so that the souls of those sandals or shoes or whatever it was that they wore were designed to not give ground, but to be able to dig in and hold their ground against an enemy pushing against them. They were designed to move forward. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're supposed to move forward with the gospel, aren't we? That's right. Mm -hmm. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel mm -hmm. to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, the next piece of the armor is also interesting and oh, so important. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one or darts or arrows, the shield of faith. How important is that faith in our lives? Oh, it's essential. Absolutely. In, Romans, uh, in Ephesians chapter two and verse eight, what does it say about faith in our salvation? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That's right. Saved by grace through faith. It's essential then, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Pivotal, fundamental. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, what does the Hebrews writer say there about faith, Dwayne? But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Interesting, interesting. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Now, the next piece of armor is the helmet of salvation, verse 17. It's interesting because we read in a number of passages about a crown of life giving to us. And here is this helmet that is described as salvation worn on our head. What a great place to wear it. And of course, again, our head is vulnerable and you get struck to the head with enough force or in the right place, you die. Of course, that's where the brain is Mm -hmm. inside that skull. And there are certainly some very vulnerable points on our head. And so we've got this helmet on and it's salvation, salvation. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, again, as we just noted, That's what the gospel is to be proclaimed for so that we can lead people to salvation because salvation is through the gospel. Goes back to what uh, Duane, I believe, read earlier. The gospel contains the power of God unto salvation. Now, another piece of offensive armor or equipment here is the sword of the spirit. And that's described as what, Dennis? Uh, the sword of the Spirit as being the Word of God. The Word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, you hold the sword in your hand, don't you? That's right. Yes, you do. And you need to know how to use it. Absolutely. Now, it, only, it not only can serve as an offensive weapon, but it can serve as a defensive weapon, you know, sh- you know fending off whatever you know, weapons the devil might use against us, mm-hmm. casting them aside. And that's what the... That's what faith does also. As long as we stand fast in our faith, well, we'll win if our faith is right. Mm-hmm. Because what does he say again? Our shield of faith can quench, put out all the fiery darts or arrows the wicked one throws at us. And our sword, the word of God, that has all the answers, doesn't it? The word of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. It can equip us. And it has all the answers. In fact, the Hebrews writer talks about it as, as, being, as being like a two-edged sword. Right. And appropriately, that's the way the Apostle Paul basically describes it here in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 6. Now, that word is very illuminating and guiding, isn't it? Psalm 119, 105, what does it say there? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So it will show us the way. It will give us the answers. And then I believe that we need to include in all of these different pieces of armor that statement in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Right. Prayer, so powerful. The Apostle Paul tells us to pray with what, Dennis? Without ceasing. Without ceasing. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, prayer is a vital connection line between us and God. A hotline, so to speak. Mm-hmm. An extension cord plugged into his throne. Prayer connects us with him. We need to use all these pieces of armor and equipment on a regular basis, on a daily basis. They need to be part of our lives part of our being, and if they are, and we apply them correctly, then we will win this war, won't we? That's right. Mm -hmm. Not by ourselves, but we see that God's with us. He's provided all of this equipment for us. And then what did Jesus say as he sent the apostles into all the world to preach the gospel? 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Matthew 28 and verse 20. Mm -hmm. And Paul tells us that, that God has promised to never let us be confronted with anything that the devil might throw at us that is too powerful for us and God to handle effectively. He'll First, always make the way out. Yes. First, First Corinthians. Corinthians. Sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. Chapter 10, verse 13. That's it. Yes. Great passage. Marvelous. Now, if we will stay true to the end, then we're promised a victory, aren't we? Yes. First Corinthians 15 and verse 57. One of you fellows want to read that? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Only through Christ can we beat the devil. Only through Christ can we win the spiritual war that is raging all around us and within our very lives. Amen. If you would like to know how to do that, all you have to do is contact us. Use the information you'll hear in just a moment. And we'd love to help you begin to learn by sending you a free Bible study. It could be literally the most important step you have ever taken in your life. If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. You can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can Visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link, and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD, also for free, and again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more, though, than just listen to this program and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get, let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible, followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening, and right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible and may God guide you and bless you as you study His Word.